This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Nightlight has partnered with Fan Roll Dice by Metallic Dice Games to offer an exclusive discount on one of their gorgeous dice sets that we've fallen in love with because of their satisfying weight and, let's just be honest, sparklies not to mention their impeccably constructed dice accessories. In one word, velvet. Visit fanrolldice.com, that's F-A-N-R-O-L-L-D-I-C-E dot com, and use our discount code NIGHTLIGHT for 10% off any new additions to your dice hoard. A portion of your purchase will come back to us and help support our shows. So go to fanrolldice.com with the discount code NIGHTLIGHT to get 10% off of any additions to your dice hoard. I'm Tanya Ransom, creator and executive producer of Nightlight, a horror podcast featuring creepy tales written by Black writers from all over the world. And today I'm here with Victoria Hutchinson, author of Bloodlust. How are you today, Victoria? Hi, I'm okay. Well, good. Well, I want you to be good. How can we get you to good? Um, I don't know. It's all right. I'm just a little tired. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel you on that for sure. I think everybody, like, to some degree is, like, just tired lately. Like, you know, we're, as we're recording this, we're coming up on a year in quarantine. It'll be um, next week. I think it'll be the one-year anniversary of the lockdown. And I think everybody's just kind of over it, <laughs> you know? Like, we're all just exhausted. And you know, But there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's light at the end of the tunnel. We've got to remember that and you know keep making good choices and we will get there um so i'm curious victoria how you came up with the premise for this story um i think uh what was it i always think back to like um when i was in college like my last year i was in this writing class and i wanted to write about a younger character who was like kind of just off very off because she didn't care for I guess violence didn't phase her and the teacher was like kind of trying to like push me to like figure out why and I couldn't come up with anything so she was like write something else because you know (laughs) (laughs) this character kind of just evolved in my mind for a while and I didn't know where to put her so that's how I kind of got there (laughs) so what was your intention with this story um I really, I usually don't write like anything hard, even though I do like the genre. And I was part of a little writing circle for a little bit. And um, we were like trying to get each other to write horror together. And I was trying to branch out and try to do something that I like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So you just wanted to like branch out and do something like challenge yourself as a writer? Yes. Yes. Yeah. What do you normally write? Um. Usually, like, I write for fun. It's, like, fluffy, light, kind of, like, slice of life type of thing. Really? Wow. I would not have guessed that based on the story at all. That's amazing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Because the story, like, it's really dark, you know? Um, 
I feel, at least for me, and you know, I mean, you, you're the writer, you tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking that, you know, this is very much someone who is in a very dark place and wants to feel something. And if she can't feel something, she just wants it to be over with. And, you know, she can't find this sweet release of death because she can't get hurt, you know, and I, I just feel like, you know, the emotional exploration of that, of being, you know, so tired and done, you know, and being in such a dark place that to feel pain is better than feeling nothing. And to die is better than living. Um, you know, at least for me, like that, that was what was really compelling about this story was the character herself. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that was your intention with this story, especially, you know, considering that you typically write slice of life type stories, but that that's what I got from this story. And I'm curious if, you know, if that's what, um, if that's what you intended to convey. Um, I think in a way, yeah, because I wanted to like have a darkness about it that was like kind of unsettling because mm -hmm. the characters kind of, um, from the little description I did give, it was like, she looks like somebody who's kind of bright because her hair is pink. Yeah. And um, a lot of times when I, I write, I'm just like, oh, this sounds good. Like, I'm, I don't go super symbolistic. Like, when I think about it, it's not like, oh, I have to put this here for that symbolism. Right. <laughs> and it just kind of comes out. Because then I sometimes I'll go back to read something and I'm like, dang, like, what was I doing? <laughs> right. I think most writers do that, you know, like we, we write something and we're like, it, it, we, like sometimes you just don't know where it comes from. Yeah. You know, I'm curious though, if, you know, you write more slice of life type stuff, but this is like incredibly dark and it feels quite intimate to me. And I'm wondering if you tend to gravitate more toward, you know, someone who's very optimistic or if you tend to be someone who's more pessimistic. Um, yeah, me and myself, um, I try not to be pessimistic, but it's hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how, yeah, like I'm yeah. wired that way. Yeah. And I think that's why I usually write like fluffy stuff because I'm like, when I want something that I can look back on and be like, oh, this is so cute and I lift my yeah. spirits. You know, I find that really interesting. You know, horror writers in general tend to write darker things to kind of, you know, for lack of a better metaphor, we'll use a cliche here to release their demons. And, you know, that that's why I write horror is, you know, it helps me cope with and understand some of the more difficult emotions that I have and release them so that, you know, they don't consume me so that, you know, I can be more optimistic and happier. But then there are writers like you who, you know, that it doesn't necessarily work that way for them at all. They need to write the happier things and explore the happier side of things to help them be more, you know, fluffy and, you know, optimistic. Um, yeah, I think writing is a very personal thing. In that way, you know, as writers, we have different things that make us tick. And I think it's important that we remember that about each other. Um, I have to say, like, I'm really impressed with the fact that, you know, you write light, fluffy things and that you were able to write something, you know, this dark and this compelling. And, you know, for me, it was um, it was really interesting because, you know, I do tend to be more on the you know pessimistic side of the spectrum a lot of times you know especially like you know when life isn't going well like it, i very quickly devolve into a cycle of pessimism and i really have to work to be 
more optimistic. And, you know, for me, writing helps me sort of get myself out of that negative thought loop. Um, but, you know, also reading horror helps me get out of that negative thought loop, you know, even if it's not, um, you know, a positive ending, we'll say, you know, a lot of times, you know, horror ends with your protagonist not defeating the monster, but, you know, they still fight anyway. And I think that there's, you know, some hope in that, even, even if they don't come out on top at that moment, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the end. And there's something that's sort of uplifting about watching someone fight these forces of darkness, um, whether they exist inside themselves or outside of themselves and overcoming it in some way, even if they don't necessarily win the war, you know, they win battles and they continue to fight and they don't just, you know, lay down and take it. And I think that that's, um, that's something that's, that's really beneficial for me to read anyway. And I'm curious, um, do you read more slice of life type um, work? I kind of sometimes, I mean, for a little while I wasn't reading a lot in general. And then mm -hmm. recently I like read all of the Witcher and, um, Oh yeah. And I read, um, what was it? The, the book that, that haunting a Hill house show is based off. Oh yeah. I'm Shirley Jackson's the haunting of Hill house. Yeah. Yeah. And the book was definitely better. I like that much better. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great book. It's a great book, but you know, also Shirley Jackson wrote, we also are, we have always lived in the castle. That one is a really good one okay. as well. So if you liked haunting Hill house, I think you'd probably like that one as well. All right, I'll add it to the list because I need to read <laughs> right. the, the never-ending list. Yeah, because like I wanted to, um, I guess like I I tend to skew like uh, my original stuff could be like young adult or like um, something a little bit higher than that, I guess. And yeah. like I ordered a bunch of like books like that, and the, they all seem kind of like lighthearted. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place because I, I I watch a lot of movies too. So a lot of times mm -hmm. like action packed and like sometimes hard. Yeah. It's, it's very everywhere. Yeah. I always find it interesting the differences between what writers write and what they consume. Like for me, yes, I read a lot of horror, you know, especially, um, you know, with the podcast and, you know, some other things that I have going on, you know, I, I have to read it for my job now, obviously. Um, but, you know, when I read for pleasure, you know, especially the more horror that I read for work, the more lighthearted stuff that I'll read. Like, I read a lot of romance and, you know, a lot of people like look at me when they find that out and they're like, what? <laughs> they're like, you're so, you're like, you're so, you know, Wednesday Adams or Morticia Adams. I can't imagine you reading romance. And I'm like, no, like, actually, I really enjoy reading romance. Um, I enjoy reading like literary fiction as well. Um, you know, I, you know, I think horror is always, you know, my first love, but I think that there's a need for humans, you know, not just readers and writers, but for humans to find balance in what they consume. And, you know, if you consume too much horror, you know, whether it's movies or books, then, you know, that's not necessarily good for you. You know, it's important, I think, to expand your horizons. So I'm really, I'm really happy to hear you say that you write, you know, lighthearted stuff. And then, you know, to see this like super dark story, you know, and just, and just, as, you know, like for me having that validation of, you know, yes, like you can occupy both ends oh, of yeah. a spectrum and you can do it successfully. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously you've done that, that here. Um, 
But I'm curious, you know, what, what you think about the difference between what you read versus what you write? Um, I guess, like, I always see that people say you should, um, not just reading a lot will help, like, inform your writing. And I feel like I took that very serious. I heard it when I was, like, younger. And um, so now I'm like, if I want to understand this, I feel like I can, un- like, when it comes to horror, like, I usually didn't consume a lot of horror until recently. And then, like, seeing getting that into my like my set of knowledge or whatever I guess it, like one side will inform the other in a way yeah yeah so, like, if I if I can understand rom-coms and like com like regular comedy and then I could um turn around and look at horror and then like both could feed into each other to make new stuff I guess <laughs> yeah well I mean I think that's the mark of a great writer too is being able to take you know, things that are on different ends of a spectrum and, you know, create an amalgamation, I guess, that, um, you know, it's something completely new. I I think that, you know, when we get stuck in a rut and, you know, we're only trying to do one thing with our writing, that's when it becomes less compelling. But when you expand your horizons and you're able to incorporate, you know, two very different things into one body of work, Um, I I think that's where a lot of success comes for writers, because then you're doing something different. You're doing something new. You know, people, people don't necessarily want to consume the same things that, you know, they've, they've consumed over and over again. They, you know, they're looking for something new, but they, they don't necessarily know what it is that they're looking for that's new. It's just, you know, when they read it or hear it or watch it, that's, you know, they, they, they know, oh, okay, this is, this is something different. And I think when writers write something that is different from what everything else that's out there, that's that's when you get recognition and notice. And I think it's important as a writer to try to occupy both ends of the spectrum and what you consume so that, you know, it can noodle its way into your brain, yeah. <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> and, you know, come out as something completely different than everything else that's out there in the world. Um, so yeah, like I, I I find it really interesting. I'm still like super interested in the fact that you write typically write such lighthearted stuff, just because, like I said, this is so so dark that you know I never never would have guessed that. So I, I really want to read some of your your lighter <laughs> stuff now. <laughs> um, can you tell us how long you've been writing? Um, I guess like technically since I was like in what grade was that? I would say like fourth grade <laughs> yeah because I would play with my toys with my brother and come up with like I guess scenes for them yeah so I started writing little comics in fourth grade and then um I was using like empty notebooks to write that and like fan fiction since mm-hmm. then so <laughs> awesome yeah you know, I used to do that as a kid too is you know playing I would play with my sister and, you know, it would be like telling stories and, you know, I have a son and he does the same thing. You know, he, he a lot of imaginative play where, you know, he talks about, okay, I'm doing this and then, you know, I'm going to do this. And, you know, he, he's telling stories um, in his play. And I, I wonder, I wonder how, how common that is for non writers. Um, you know, obviously like I know a lot of writers and, you know, a lot of the writers that I interview for this podcast talk about telling themselves stories as kids, whether it was through play or if it was bedtime stories, 
you know, it's a very common thing with writers, but I'm curious to know if non-writers do that as well. So I don't know if anybody is listening right now and you want to tweet at Nightlight Pod and let me know if you're not a writer, you know, did you play that way? Did you tell yourself bedtime stories? I'm wondering if it's something that's, you know, part of the human condition or if it's something that's particular to writers. Yeah. So where are you at in your writing career now? Um, I'm still like, I work at a daycare, so I don't, <laughs> I don't write like mainly, but um, I'm trying to work on, I'm like workshopping a novella. It's, mm-hmm. it's probably going to involve into a novel. Nice. But, um, I have like a plethora of characters and I don't know why, but I'm like obsessed with like, um, not so, like demon types, like they're not necessarily succubi or whatever. Yeah. But um, the novella is like about a demon who was like interested in pretending to be human and like she gets married and has a kid but then like it becomes like a turf war in her cul-de-sac with another demon oh and I have to like expand on it that sounds pretty cool like I I want to read that too <laughs> you know do you typically write short stories and this is like your first foray into long fiction or how's well, that work it's weird because like I was writing a novel when I was like 16 like I started working on it yeah and then I even used it in college for like workshops and stuff but I haven't touched it in a while I have like 12 chapters but then so so I usually do try to work long form but Mm -hmm. I feel like um sometimes I fall off so I started trying to just do shorter stories so I have things I could send places yeah and so now I have like (laughs) I guess like a Bicky universe of my characters and I'm yeah. like oh maybe if they're cousins or and their ancestors here so that I could have like a network of short stories together yeah and for those who are listening um Victoria's nickname is actually Bicky so when she said Bicky universe she's talking about herself so that you're not completely lost right now <laughs> yeah um so how long have you been submitting short stories um I guess for like the last like two or three years I was trying to get out there yeah do you have anything else out that we can read right now um i don't think i have anything like posted i did want to share um the i guess like a companion short story to this that I yeah could... yeah absolutely tell us about it oh um i only wrote one part of it so far but um it's okay about, uh it's hard to say she's like a zombie but uh-huh. she gets hired by like this um undead a committee that takes care of cryptids that start going wild. Nice. And um, it's set in New Jersey. That's where I live. <laughs> and it's because I was like, the uh, what was it? The Jersey Devil and like mm-hmm. Bigfoot kind of thing going on. Yeah. And our main character, of course, I don't remember her name because I haven't been writing. <laughs> <laughs> but she, um, she like passes on in a car crash mm-hmm. and inducted into this group. And they're like, you can work for us and not necessarily have to die right away. <laughs> so oh, it's so very, cool. it's kind of macabre because it's like a mashup of thing, of things. And she's like falling apart if she doesn't do her job. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of weird. It's wacky. <laughs> and so you're in the process of writing this right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, first. Hurry up and get that done so that yeah. we can read it. <laughs> we want to read it. I think about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm the same way like I will go weeks without writing anything and I feel terrible 
that I'm not writing anything, but you know, it's just like life gets in the way sometimes. And, and, you know, honestly, like I let it get in the way, you know, if I really wanted to write, I would make time to write, but you know, it's, it's very easy as a writer to let life consume you in other ways and to not get any, get any writing done. And, you know, a number of times people have been like, Oh, well, you need to finish that. Or, you know, you need to write this or write that. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And I don't, you know, it's really hard as a writer to have discipline, I think. Um, but I'm curious to know, like, you know, outside of that story, are you pretty disciplined with your writing or is it something that you have a difficult time making happen? I don't, it's hard to say. Cause like, it'll be like, Oh, I'm so slumped with like having the work during the pandemic and then like I'll get home and have all this time because I used to work retail where I wouldn't have a night to myself yeah and now it's like I get home and I'm like I just want to play video games <laughs> <laughs> right well I mean working with kids is hard I used to work at a daycare it's exhausting yeah so yeah. exhausting so I, I don't blame you for wanting to come home and play video games <laughs> yeah because it's like you gotta change the diapers and cleaning all the time yeah and, and I mean are, are they are you taking care of any kids that are talking yet um no some of them they start talking before they yeah. move on to the next room basically yeah i get the one-year-olds and yeah it's a different kind of heart it's i think it's more like physically difficult to take care of like infants and and babies but you know when they start talking it's more like mentally difficult because you're having to like listen to them and you know they're not great at talking yet yeah um you know so it's you know you have to focus a little bit more and then sometimes you just don't have any clue what they're saying you know and you have to have this conversation with this person who is not good at conversations you know <laughs> so you've got to you know hold up your end of the conversation and their end of the conversation you know it at least for me working at a daycare was one of the most exhausting jobs that i've ever had teaching was the first um what video games do you play um mostly i've recently just we me and my friend we stopped playing like overwatch and moved to apex legends oh yeah i've been wanting to start to play apex legends i needed um i play fortnite and call of duty oh, um right. and i've been wanting to you know move into playing apex but my son plays fortnite and call of duty so usually when i'm playing you know i'm playing with him and so and he doesn't play apex so oh, yeah. i haven't had a chance to get into it but do you like apex oh yeah i love it it's like it's similar to Overwatch because there's like different legends you can pick. Yeah. But uh, but it's more like Fortnite, like it's a battle royale thing. But it's oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Okay, I'm I'm definitely gonna have to like make that a priority, but maybe make it a priority after my writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like time sink where you get too sucked in. It's like yeah, yeah. Oh, see, that's my problem is I love video games so much that they do like I, I start playing them and then I have a really hard time not playing them like I played World of Warcraft for a long time and um I got pregnant and then of course you know I had my baby and there was one day I was a healer there was one day I was sitting there and I was we were doing a raid and I was healing my party and I was nursing my son at the same time and I thought oh my god like what am I doing right now <laughs> I felt like such a bad mother. Um, you know, I mean, he was fed, you know, don't get me wrong. He was fed, but, you know, I was also like playing a game at the same time instead of, you know, focusing on my son. Mm. Um, and I was like, you know, maybe I should quit World of Warcraft, you know, until he gets a little bit older and, you know, more self-sufficient. You know, I, I don't want to miss this time, you know, because so much happens when, you know, kids are really little when they're babies and, you know, they're Gross. learning to walk and talk. You know, you don't want to miss those moments because you're playing yeah. a video game. 
kind of thing. So I stopped playing it and I really want to start playing it again, but I'm so scared that if I start playing WoW again, it's like, I'm just not going to get anything done. Like I'm not going to get any writing done, but I'm going to be really great at World of Warcraft. (laughs) So tell me, what is your favorite work of Black Horror? I guess the first thing that came to mind was um, Ganja and Hess. Oh, God, that is such a great movie. Such a great movie. I think that's an excellent choice. Excellent choice. Why is that your favorite? Um, I, I like vampires. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, again, I was trying to, like, broaden my horizons because, like, it's so easy to, like, um, get swept up in, like, mainstream stuff and never see anything with black and brown people in it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me go with um, these suggestions I'm seeing from like the Black Harp uh, people that I follow. And um, so I watched that and I really liked it. It's it's really long, but like I like um, when there's that sort of like contemplative element in a story. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of like, I mean, there's moments of action and like drama or whatever, but it's right. just interesting like how um, it and went about it like the subject yeah. yeah yeah it's a great movie great movie it was on shutter for a while i don't know if it's still on yeah. shutter or where you can watch it now but um hopefully if it's not on shutter it'll it will be again yeah. um yeah. <laughs> i know that they had a big black horror thing you know back in like june july august mm-hmm. with everything that was going on um and they were featuring a lot of um, black horror films black black exploitation films yeah um but yeah i don't know i don't know if they're still on there or not, but uh, I don't know. Check it out. See if they are. If you haven't watched Ganjin Hess, you should definitely watch it. So, Victoria, tell us how can we support you as a writer? Where can we find you online? Where can we follow you? Is there anything of yours that we can buy, etc.? I don't have anything to sell to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I do have yet. Yeah, true. Honestly, um, I do have a Patreon, but I haven't been using it, so I have to like relaunch it. And um, I also have a blog, uh, bunnymintblog.com. With okay. Bunny, there's two T's in mint. All right. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. And uh, I just wanted to have a spot to put where my like thoughts on TV and film. Yeah. I usually, on my Twitter, which is also bunnymint with two T's, <laughs> um, on Twitter, I always do like these threads when I watch something. Well, not always, but, like usually. So it turned into this big thing. And like, at one point I was like talking to my my friends and mutuals. I was like, does that annoy you guys when I do that? Cause like, I don't want to take over the timeline. And like several people are always like, no, I love that. I love it. Yeah. It's really cool to like follow along with somebody as they're watching something and like hear what their thoughts are Yeah. on it. So I love those kind of threads. That's what that's all I have really because like the the blog has a link to my website and unfortunately I don't remember the, the URL but um, <laughs> it's con- they're like connected to each other okay. and then I do have a YouTube but I don't I haven't posted anything polished I had I did a video about the Joker movie oh cool I'm like in the dark so it's kind of crazy <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to do another one about um superhero films or more specifically um the whole like dc versus marvel marvel yeah. thing that yeah. would be really cool you should absolutely do that what's your youtube channel for people that want to follow you um 
Dang, I don't remember. I think it's also bunny mint with two T's. <laughs> well, if you find that it's not, um, let me know and um, yeah. we'll just update that in the show notes. So everybody go and um, follow Victoria on Twitter at bunnyment with two T's. There will be a link to that in the show notes. Also follow her blog, which will be in the show notes as well. Is there anything else that we can do to support you, Victoria? Um, I think that's it. Like That's all I have for that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It was wonderful talking to you. Oh, this um, nice and thank you for submitting your story to the podcast. You know, without you submitting stories and writers like you submitting your stories, I wouldn't have a podcast. So thanks for doing that. Yep, no problem. We'll be back in two weeks with a brand new story. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.